So tonight I, 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 I will want to talk about uh, a basic of uh, understanding that there are just one or two things that hinder the flow of faith in our lives. And uh, I want to focus on worry and anxiety. It's very basic. You probably, I know, now let me not say probably, each one of you have had uh, this teaching for the longest. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's never uh, in vain to repeat what we know is a basic that will anchor us. So I'll ask you to turn with me to Matthew 6.25 in the Amplified Classic. Matthew 6.25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried. Okay, you have to use your gadgets. Okay, there we are. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or about your body, what you shall put on is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing. So we see from this scripture, Jesus was telling uh, these people, why are you worried about this life? The very basics of things, Jesus says, I've already sorted them. So God has given us an assuring about caring for us. That's what that scripture is talking about. I will take care of you. Uh, uh, the other Wednesday when I ministered here, I think we ended on a scripture, Psalms 37 verse 5. In the Passion Translation, Psalms 37 5, it says, Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you will find he pulled it off perfectly. He didn't pull it halfway through. He didn't pull it ish ish. You know, when somebody, when you ask somebody, are we meeting ish ish? Please go ahead and make another plan. You, because you can go there and meet alone. You understand? <laughs> There's no guarantee. Ish ish is not a, a guarantee. Oh, komsa komsa. No. The, God is saying, that he will pull, if you hand your life to God, you will find that he will pull it off perfectly. It's a guarantee uh, 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 life that God is offering us. And I will say that that perfectly that he's pulling off, it includes giving him the difficult situations of your life instead of worrying. I know sometimes in, in passing I make some statements, and when I go home, I tell myself, why did you make that statement? Because you did not expound on it. So people might, might think you are ruthless. I know your name is Ruth, but you know you can be, <laughs> you, you can be ruthless. I'm not ruthless. So I thought, I, I've made, a couple of times I've made statements and said, I'm not giving, handing over my life to somebody to, to uh, you know, to uh, take the direction and I, I'll be referring to my children. And then I thought, people might think, she's not a gracious mother. Why would she say something like that concerning her children? And, and, and as I was pondering, the Lord reminded me, it's because you've been, Anchoring and learning how not to worry. 
So you hand over things. When you hand over your life to God, you can't take back the driver's seat. Worrying is taking back the driver's seat. So when I make such statements, it, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I, I'm actually saying, I, and they are not terrible children. It's just that I'm saying that you, you run your life and let me run my life. Because everybody, the Bible says, everybody shall kneel before God. So you, the way you choose to run your life, if it's your, you're running for God, please do so for you. Me, I'm running for God for me. In the midst of it, I will include you in my prayers, and I hope you include me in your prayers. But literally, we are separate, if I would say so, legal entities, where it, it's, it, it regards the things of the Spirit. That's why in the things of the Spirit, there isn't grandchildren. There isn't, because everybody must run his race. So it's not like I'm ruthless or not gracious. So I wanted to clarify that. Okay. So basically, uh, if you've ever, over and over, we've had Pastor Davis tell us this, this statement, and he would say, in a crisis, the real crisis is how you respond to the crisis. So the crisis is not the crisis. The crisis is your response in the crisis. And he would encourage us, he would always encourage us, build your life where there is no crisis. Because when your life is built up, when the crisis hits, it's not going to destabilize you. Why? Because you already have the mechanism to respond accurately. Okay? Because the actual problem is not the crisis. The problem is how you respond. So then I will say to worry is to respond in the wrong spirit. To any situation, worrying is responding in the wrong spirit. Our lives are a picture of which spirit we respond to. In whichever arena of your life. What is manifesting is a picture of which spirits you have been responding to. So faith responds to the spirit of help. So when a crisis hits, a person of faith will respond to the spirit of help. Who is the spirit of help? The Holy Spirit. But a person of fear will worry responds to the spirit of hopelessness. So anytime you will find yourself in worry, guess which spirit is in operation? Hopelessness. We don't know what to do. You were never supposed to know what to do. You were only supposed to take your matters to the one who knows what to do. That's why he says, give your life to God. Give God the right to direct your lives. John 16, 33 <clears throat> In the New King James Version, it's a very familiar scripture that I think we all know. Jesus was talking uh, to the people and he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Where is peace found? In him. It's not found in the answers that we produce. Peace is found in him. Then he says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So the master himself knows that the world that he left us in, he actually said that 
don't remove them out of the world, but keep them out of worldliness. But he said, in this world, we will face issues. I'm not a prophet of doom, please. But it's the reality of this life. Why? Because we are, I will say what I always say, we are in a battle zone. And battle zone, there is always going to be challenging situations. But Jesus said, he himself has overcome for us. That's why he is saying, hand your life to me. Don't carry the issues that you will face. James 1, verse 2, in the Passion Translation, <coughs> James 1, 2-4. In the Passion Translation, it says, let me go on. You catch up with the, the screens. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, <laughs> has anybody ever felt like that? You turn this way, <laughs> you turn to the center, you try to look to the right, you look at backwards and you're like, you can't see. That's what James was saying. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Sila. See any difficulty, any challenge that the enemy will throw to you. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. That's why I say that it matters the spirit you respond with. If you're responding with, to the spirit of help, then it's going to become an invaluable opportunity. Then continuing is saying, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. What a word. That it, what you're facing, if you're facing anything, what you're facing is an opportunity that when you release it to the spirit of help, the outcome of it is that everything will turn around for your good and eventually there will be nothing missing and nothing lacking. Why? Because he comes and fills up your cup. Psalm 16 says that, he has already demarcated my lot. And the lights have fallen in pleasant places for me. And it says my cup flows over. So when you have nothing missing and nothing lacking, do you see that you can turn the challenging opportunity to a moment of bring it on, devil? Because when you bring it on, I'm not left at the same level. I am thrusted into a new dimension. When you have nothing missing and nothing lacking, then it means that you actually become a helping hand to somebody else. You understand? So then I will say that our part is to convert every problem into a learning experience. As opposed to, oh my goodness, what shall I do? 
You understand? Convert every problem into a learning experience. So I'll make some state statements here just to help us understand why we ought not to carry worry with us, irrespective of what it is that the enemy has drawn to us. Life is a permanent classroom, and it is composed of levels of tests. That's what life is. The more you are prepared by being a good student at each particular level, the quicker you are promoted to the next level. If you see yourself at the same level year after year after year after year, it means you're not learning the test. You're not passing that test. And you see, even in a class, I don't know whether they still do it now, but I think they, they, even if they don't, the teachers pass the child to the next level. But if the child has not mastered this level and they are passed to the next level, what do they carry with them? Gaps. So you think if they cannot make it this level, they will make it in the next level just because they increased in years? No. That's why sometimes you see there are Christians who have been Christians for 60 years, but they are still at the same level because age is not a qualification for, for spiritual development. Age isn't. What is? It's the learning of the testing that you turn into invaluable opportunities to anchor you into the, the, uh, the plan of God. So you keep rising in uh, level to level. So worry is simply an attempt to stagnate you at that level. When a problem comes and you pick up worry, you know what is happening? You're stagnant. That's the strategy of the enemy, is to stagnate you at that level in order to make you unusable. Because if you're not growing, you can grow in age, but if you're not growing as a child, you're not growing in learning mathematics or English or whatever it is, are you going to be usable? No, because your gaps will only keep, keep expanding. Uh, <clears throat> so worry is making the issue you're facing the main thing and giving it undue attention. Do not give what you're facing undue attention. How do we give it undue attention? Analyzing it from every angle. Worry robs you of many opportunities. We say difficult situations uh, uh, become uh, invaluable opportunities. But if you respond with worry, it will rob you of many opportunities to become productive and helpful to yourself and others. Because if you're not worrying, your, 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 your spiritual skill is still continuing to develop. Why? Because you recognize, I don't have what it takes to solve this problem, so why would I pay my attention to something I'm incapable of handling? So you stay on the course of your spiritual development by trusting in the Lord. Worry interrupts you from getting ready to receive the power needed to resolve the issue. The power needed to resolve the, the issue is from the spirit. It's not from your mind, remember. It's not from your mind. So you cannot host two forces at the same time. So you can't be in faith and you are in fear. 
So worry interrupts your faith process. And the one you give prominence will always win. If you give prominence to faith, eventually, it may take months, it may take days, it may take years, but eventually you will win. Why? Because you have refused to give attention to the wrong spirit. Worry will eventually devalue you. If you insist on keeping worrying and, and taking charge of that issue in your mind, it will start devaluing you. How does worry devalue you? It, 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 that devaluing includes inviting sicknesses. It starts inviting lack. It starts inviting loss of relationships. It does. And before you know, you are on another uh, uh, trajectory that you never thought you would be. Why? Because you allowed worry to take preeminence in your life. So then I will say, do not calculate things in your mind. Worrying is making calculations of the mind. And you can add a thousand or thousands or millions or trillions in your mind. They will never manifest physically. <laughs> have you ever sat down with people who have the greatest ideas, business? I knew one individual, my goodness. You sit down with that individual, within one hour they have almost three successful in their mind business ideas. And you, if you listen to those ideas, literally you can see they are successful, but they never moved on to actualize any. What are they doing? They are calculating, they are creating in their mind, but they are too fearful to take the step of faith. Because that's what worry does. It stagnates you at the level of thinking, analyzing, calculating, wondering. And before you know, your years are going, but you're not actualizing what you have because of fear or failure. So I say don't calculate things in your mind. Why? Because calculating is harassing your mind and interfering with the level of trust to God. It will interfere with your trust level. To worry is to accommodate fear. That's what Matthew 6.27 says. So recognize there is no faith in the mind. Faith is of the heart, not in the mind. Remember the other time I said, your mind, don't let your mind be the boss of your life. Let your spirit be the boss of your mind, your life. Because your spirit hears from God. Your mind hears from what it's seeing and the reality of the natural. But you can't be carnal. A carnal mind operates on worry. A spiritual mind operates on faith. And faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of things that are not yet seen. So even though the problem is present, that does not mean that God is absent. It only means the time is not yet. Or there is a lot of development of my, of my spiritual skill that I need to do so that I can uh, uh, achieve what it is. Listen to 2 John 2. No, 3 John 2, sorry. 3 John 2. In the Amplified Classic, this is what it says. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper 
in every way and that your body may keep well even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. This is the prayer, a prayer that uh, 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 this disciple was praying for the body. He was saying, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well even as I know your soul keeps well. Let me read it in the Amplified Classic. That John 3. In the, uh, not Amplified, sorry, in the Passion Translation. Mm. In the Passion Translation, this is what it says. It says, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. I want to read a commentary on, on that part that says, just as your soul is prospering. It says, uh, this commentary says, John is praying that Gaius' physical health would match his spiritual health. His physical health matches his spiritual health. God is concerned for both our physical health. He gave our bodies an immune system, and our souls, the, 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 uh, the, souls, the word souls there is referring to emotional and spiritual well-being. So when he says your soul, he's not just talking about the mind. He's talking about the emotions and the spirit. Uh, uh, emotional and spiritual well-being. If physical health and soul prosperity were not the will of God, why would John pray that for Gaius? So it means God's desire is that we have physical health, we have financial prosperity to corresponding or to the degree our spirits are prospered. So then what is the uh, priority? It's to, to prosper in the spirit. Because once your spirit is prospered, it's able to override the, the attacks of the physical, the attacks of the mental, the attacks of financial, all those other things that are uh, 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 under the, the, the prosperity of, of the spirit. So how well we do physically depends on our spiritual and emotional health. A worrying mind will rob your body of its health. I think we've already said that. It will rob you of the potential to prosper, and it will rob your life of peace and comfort. Why? Because it has taken the, the, the driver's seat. The more you stay in peace, the quicker you develop spiritually. Sometimes our stagnation in spiritual growth is because we are not at peace. And you're thinking, I come to church every Sunday. I come for prayers every Wednesday. I'm, I'm attending every, but I don't seem to be making progress. Check your peace level. Check your peace level. Because the more you stay in peace, the quicker you develop spiritually. Uh, your help is never in your mind, remember? It's in the word. 
your help is never in your mind. So that analyzing and calculating and uh, thinking, what shall I do? It never takes you to your destination because only the word can take you to the destination. What does the Bible say? That the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So you cannot have joy and worry habitating together. The, of the, 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 the vacuum of our spirit can only be filled with joy that comes from, from the word of God. Listen to Habakkuk 3.17. Let me read it. Mm, Habakkuk 3.17 in the Amplified Classic. Habakkuk. Ooh. Three seventeen. I'll read seventeen to nineteen. Sure. Give me time to get there. Oh, you're there. About in the amplified classic. Okay. It says that though the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the product of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food. Though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stores. Move on. Okay. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victory. Okay. Let me use mine. Uh, we were in verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. What we are seeing here is that Habakkuk was saying in uh, verse 17, there were too many problems he was facing. And he is saying, no matter what it is, whether there is famine, whether there is no productivity, whether I lost my job, whether the country doesn't seem to be going the right direction, whether there is global crisis, whatever it is. He's saying, yet I will rejoice. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is what will be the anchor to keep him in the midst of all what is happening. Verse 19 says, the Lord God is my strength my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror. Are you seeing these words? Not to stand still because there is difficulties and scared and wondering where shall we hide and looking for the next boat to cross over to Europe. That's not what you do. <laughs> yeah, he is saying not to stand still in terror, but to walk. That means what? To exert your faith in the midst of whatever you are facing and make, look at this, and make spiritual progress. Nobody makes spiritual progress standing. Nobody makes spiritual progress without putting effort. Make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. That means that he recognizes 
the enormity of the challenges, but he also recognizes that I am equipped with what it takes to overcome this. So I will not stand still in terror. I will uh, 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 involve my life with the word. And I will, if I was praying 15 minutes, I will put more, more time. I will put more time. If I have not been a worshiper, I will, I, I will decide I am going to be a worshiper more. You understand? What, I, what, what is he doing? He is, he is saying, I will make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. So he is ignoring all these things. And he is saying, I already know how to win this battle. It's by progressing in the spiritual realm. Let me read that scripture to you in the message translation. This is what I like the words that the message uh, 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 used. It says, you, if you have the message, you can put it there. If not, that's okay. I'll read slowly. It says, though the cherry trees don't blossom, and the strawberries don't ripen. It's bringing it down to our language. <laughs> you know, when, yeah, everybody knows a cherry, everybody knows a strawberry, even though they don't ripen. Though the apples are warm-eaten, and the wheat fields stunted, though the sheep pens are shipless, and the cattle burns empty, I'm singing joyful praises to God. Look at that response. He is not going there and wondering, that's not his response. He is saying, I am singing joyful praises to God. I'm turning cut wheels of joy to my Savior God. He's not only singing. There is activity there. You know how your pastor dances? I won't try. How he dances there? That's how they, those are cut wheels. Cut wheels of faith. It's, 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 it's what the Bible says. Uh, you, you wage warfare with your praises. The problems don't keep you under the bed. You stand up in your sitting room and you say, I will put the highest volume. Today, I'm putting up the highest volume. I'm reminding the devil that I'm aware. He is trying to make an entry, but I've already closed every loophole with my worship. You understand? And then he says, I'm cutting ten wheels of joy to my Savior God, counting on God's rule to prevail. That word rule there is, has capital letters. And capital letters mean a lot of things. It means it's almost ascertainable or it's prominent. God's rule is prominent. It's beyond what attacks the enemy is bringing to your life. Counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and I gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm king of the mountain. You want to tell me that you'll be found crying there? Calling pity parties and calling all your family? <laughs> things are bad. Which things? I feel like a king of the mountain. And the starting of that is like the cherries have, have, are not blossoming. The strawberries are not ripened. The apples, they are eaten by worms. And the man is saying, I feel like, like I'm a king on the mountain. Oh my goodness, I like the word of God. It has all the answers to the issues of life. 
So I will say that this person is totally in charge of their mind. Because it takes somebody with the right mind to think that way when everything is off track. So they are looking at not just the possibilities, but they are looking at the guarantee of God's word. That's what it said, uh, God's rule to prevail. He knows God is going to prevail. He has no doubt. So he's not allowing anything of his mind to interfere or interrupt what he believes. The, the faith is of the heart, remember. So faith responds to the spirit of help. It doesn't respond with, it responds with the spirit of faith. Prayer is a major key, is a major faith response. One of the major faith responses, the word of God, of course, but prayer. Why? Because faith does not have a panic mood. If you ever find yourself panicking because things are difficult, please, you're in fear. And you can pray all the, pray all the prayers you will pray, but prayers that are not of faith, they are hitting the ceiling. Remember, the Bible says that, that his word shall not return to him void. So prayers of crying, they are not prayers of... You understand what I'm saying? I'm a cry baby, honestly. When I'm praying, I cry. I've tried to tell the Lord, can I not be diplomatics one day or you know, but me when I get into the presence of the Lord I just my I'm a cry baby but that's not the, the crying I'm talking about I'm talking I'm talking about the cry of where are you what is happening how many times will I pray calm down and you're like where will you feed him and he says earth is his food you're telling him to calm down where he can't he can't fit anywhere down. So those are the prayers I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> the faith has no panic mode. So what, uh, what, uh, what prayers am I talking about when I say prayer is a major faith response? It's answer every attack with a specific prayer. And answer your attacks with a, a specific prayer and maintain the momentum Take action as the Spirit leads you. You want to overcome difficulties? Please identify the word that speaks to that situation and maintain it in your prayer. Meditate on that word. That's what uh, God told Joshua. That the, meditate on, as you meditate on the word daily, you will uh, find success. So success is found in the world. And the momentum, you maintain the momentum. We look at a few uh, uh, people here, but we, we, we don't need to go and read those scriptures for sake of time. Yeah? Elijah kept praying until the rain came. You remember? He did not give up with the first prayer, the second prayer, the third prayer, the fourth prayer, all that. There is something about repetition. You remember, when Naaman went to seek uh, the, the healing of his leprosy, what did the man of God say? Go and dip yourself seven times and you wonder, why did, was it not once? If it was just, 
We don't know why. The Bible says the secret things belongs to God. So we don't ask God why. But if Naaman had not dipped the seventh time, would he have been cleansed of his leprosy? No. I think there is something about maintaining the momentum. It will bring you out. That maintaining of the momentum will bring you out. Remember the widow, uh, uh, Pastor... Pastor Maxwell spoke about the scripture. The, uh, the widow woman who kept visiting the judge. She never gave up. She wore down the man. <laughs> Can you imagine in Kenya today that you're going to high court every morning and you don't even have an appointment? Every morning. Every morning I do the justice. This woman, she'll drive me nuts. So let me do her justice. What did she do? She was maintaining her momentum. She had decided, I know where the answer is, and I refuse to take a no. That's the thing. If you want to overcome, you must purpose in your heart. No matter how long it will take, I will not take a no. You understand? I'm not talking about the things that you want from your dreams, you know. It's the, it's the, things, of God. It's the things of God, okay? Yeah, because you can keep saying, I'm going to build the tallest building in Kenya. It's going to be, you know, those are your things. You can ma maintain the momentum. We'll find you in heaven and there will not be that building. <laughs> yeah, they have to be bathed by the Spirit, okay? You're talking about things that are bathed by the Spirit. Do you remember when David came back to Ziklag and he found that they had burned the, the village and taken everything, their wives, their children. The, what does the Bible say? Did they say God encouraged him? What does it say? David encouraged himself and then he pursued. You, don't, you can't just sit down and say, I'm encouraging myself. We are here. <laughs> From January to December, we are encouraging yourself. Take a, not a faith action. Take a step of faith. Pursue your enemies also. You know, we are not always those who respond to the, to, to, to the attacks of the enemy. Believe God to be advancing also. So when he's trying to come in, he will re realize that you already covered the trenches. So he has nowhere to enter. Why? Because in the spiritual realm, you're building momentum until you are ahead of him. So by the time he's trying to eat, you're like, <laughs> too late. I'm over there. And he's trying to cut you behind you. And you're like, tail end. You're at the tail. <laughs> I'm the head. I'm not the tail. You deal with the tail. You understand? That's the thing. Maintaining momentum. We see that all these people could have called a worry pity party. That's what is common. And all these... Nothing wrong with asking people to pray for you, but seriously, you, it, it, can't be, it can't be prayer chains. And some, have you ever received prayer chains that were started in 1998? Some of you are not born. And there are some prayer chains that kept going around, and you are thinking, this prayer chain, I saw it when Google started email. <laughs> and go, or, or Yahoo, sorry. When Yahoo started him, and Yahoo is gone, except one sister who still had Yahoo, and I was asking, is Yahoo still, <laughs> is Yahoo still, still living? And that prayer change, you think it is of faith? It's not of faith. 
It is it, it takes God, it takes the whole world to pray your issue. How deaf is that God? He can be that deaf. So all these pity parties we keep calling and calling them prayer literary is spiritual laziness. Just find the word, find your answer in the word, go with it before God, ask the Holy Spirit. I found my answer here. Please lead me. Direct my path on how to actualize and manifest this. That does not mean you can't ask a sister or your pastor or somebody else. But please, don't wait until the whole world connects. <laughs> the whole world connects on some other terrible things while you're waiting for them to connect. Some of them are binding that prayer. You understand? So you have to be serious about receiving your answers of faith. So I said, answer every attack specifically. Then it requires you to find that answer in the word. So I can say this, generally playing will keep you generally defeated. You know those general, gen, just general, Father, we thank you, you know our issues. Lily, those, those prayers are for baby Christians. But even them, they have to grow to understand that there are specific prayers for specific difficulties. Okay? So generally praying will keep you generally defeated. So you have to find your scripture, the scripture that answers your problem and feed on it. Feed on the word. Feed on the word. The Bible says the seed of the word is an incorruptible seed. It never dies the word of God never dies. It will always produce its purpose. The problem is that we are too quick to give up. Too quick. But if you stay with that word, the Bible says the farmer sows the seed. He does not know how it germinates. He does not know how it shoots. You sow the seed a week or two. It's already shooting. And you, if you are asked to explain, you can't explain. So why do we want to explain the word? Because we want to see natural things happening. Believe the word is working. And the word will work because that is its characteristic. The word of God does not die. So it will answer your problem, whatever the problem it is. Okay? So we need to trust in God to resolve the matter. Uh-huh. Oh, my time is going on. Let me read. Uh -uh. I really wanted, I, I, I felt I wanted to read Psalms 92. So let me read Psalms 92. Just to, to, to show us how, how much God cares for us and how covered we are by God. So Psalms 92 is one of my uh, favorite Psalms. Uh, I know, of course, you would think because it talks about in old age, we shall still be fresh. Not necessarily, but that's one of it. It's my scripture to grow old. I, I will write on it. So Psalms 92, uh, let me read it in the uh, TPT version. It's easier. TPT version, yes. Psalms 92, it's not a long uh, uh, psalm, so let, let's read it. This is what it says. It's so enjoyable to come before you with uncontainable praises spilling from our hearts. How we love to sing our praises over and over to you. To the matchless God, 
high and exalted over all. At each and every sunrise, we will be thanking you for your kindness and love. As the sun sets and all through the night, we will keep proclaiming you are so faithful. Melodies of praise will fill the air as every musical instrument joined with every heart overflows with worship. No wonder I'm so glad I can't keep it in. Lord, I'm shouting with glee over all you've done, for all you've done for me. What mighty miracles and your power at work, just to name a few. There are too many, but he's just naming a few. Then it says, depths of purpose and layers of meaning saturate everything you do. Such amazing mysteries are found within every miracle that nearly everyone seems to miss. Do you see that? There are so many miracles available, but the Bible says nearly everybody is missing. I refuse to miss them. I am alert and aware. I keep telling myself, your spiritual antennas are so alert, you will not miss a, a passing miracle. I can't afford to miss a miracle. Okay? So then it says, those with no discernment. So where is our answer? It's in discerning what God is doing and maintaining a thankful attitude. Those with no discernment can never really discover the deep and glorious secrets hidden in your ways. There are secrets hidden in the ways of God. It's true the wicked flourish, but only for a moment. And some Christians backslide to go and look for money. That keeps shocking me. And money is temporary. And they are looking for fame. And they are looking for husbands. They are backsliding, and the husbands are, let me go back to the scripture. It's, yeah, yeah, it's for a moment. They foolishly forget their destiny with death, that they will all one day be destroyed forever. But you, O oh Lord, are exalted forever in the highest place of endless glory. While your opponents, the workers of wickedness, will all perish forever separated from you. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. What more do you want? You're anointed for strength and might, okay? You've empowered my life with triumph. Who calls you, uh, themselves defeated? Not me. I am a winner. Always. Triumph is my story. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. You know how fresh oil comes on us? Fresh seeking, fresh seeking God fresh all the time, all the time. The life of the spirit that our pastor keeps telling us, that you walk in the spirit, whether you're in the mall, whether you are in your house, wherever you are, the freshness of his oil keeps pouring on you. You say that those lying in wait to pounce on me would be defeated for sure. And now it's happened right in front of my eyes. And I've heard their cries of surrender. Yes, look how you made all your devoted lovers to flourish like palm trees. That's you people. You've been made to flourish. And you're calling yourself, I'm just a, I'm just a woman. Who says just a I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just like a sister. Do you know what is in you? The Bible says in Romans 8, 11, 
the, 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 the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And you can't dare call yourself, I'm just. That word is not just, does not do what Jesus did justice. You cannot call yourself, I'm just. You're power packed with the Holy Spirit of God. That's why it says that we are, uh, 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 you've transformed. It says, you've transplanted them into your heavenly courtyard. We are on earth, but we are not in the earth. It's the bodies that are on the earth. We operate from the realm of the spiritual, okay? Where they are thriving before you. We are thriving before God. For in your presence, they will still overflow and be anointed. My favorite. Even in their old age, they will still stay fresh, bearing luscious fruit and abiding faithfully. Did you hear that, all you? In my old age, let nobody call me old woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm thriving. I'm flourishing. I'm I'm living in his presence, thriving. Stay fresh. Bearing rash, luscious fruit and abiding faithfully. What is the secret? I'm faithful to the call of God. Yeah, you know, you can claim the, the scripture, but if you're living anyhow, you, the, you know, the effects will be seen. But there has to be faithfulness in ab abiding in the life of the spirit. And then it says, listen to them with so much pleasure. They still proclaim, you are so good. You are my beautiful strength. You've never made a mistake with me. Can you imagine? Do you have time to worry after such a scripture? It says, it says too much about what God has positioned us to be. So then it means that, that responding to the, the, the spirits of faith is detours, de uh, sorry, it stops all the attacks of the enemy over your mind because your mind can think, can want to think what they want to think, but because your spirit is the boss, you take it back to the word, say, you're trying to say what? Listen to what the word says. Read to your mind the, the scripture. Read to yourself the scripture and proclaim it aloud and say, whatever the enemy is saying, I counteract it with this word. Pray specific prayers about the attacks to your mind so that your mind can stay in the peace that is supposed to speak. Listen to Proverbs 24, 5 in the Passion Translation. It says, wisdom can make anyone into a mighty warrior. Hallelujah. What's the criteria here? Just wisdom. It's not where you were born. It's not how many degrees you have. It doesn't talk about how many properties you own. It does not talk about which kingship you came from. It says wisdom can make anyone into a mighty warrior. And revelation knowledge increase strength. So what are we to seek? Where is wisdom found? In the word. Where is revelation knowledge found? In the word and in prayer. So the word will make you into a mighty warrior, not a warrior. You see the difference? Worry, people who worry a lot, they call themselves a warrior. I say, what a confession. I have a friend, of, she's a good friend actually, 
but she keeps making that mistake. I also have a mistake I make, so I'm not saying she's terrible. But she said, oh, you know, I'm a warrior. I said, don't keep saying you're a warrior. Do you, you're a warrior and you're a Christian. Where is the harmony there? I'm a Christian warrior. Worrying um, all the time. But you are supposed to be a believer. You can't be a believer and a warrior. Yeah, but you know, she's, yeah, bless her. But that's it. Listen to Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, uh, from verse 13, I think it should be in the Passion Translation too. It says, Revelation knowledge is a delicacy. Sweet, like flowing honey that melts in your mouth. Hey, goodness. What else do you want? Eh? It's a delicacy. Sweet, like flowing honey that melts in your mouth. Eat as much of it as you can. This one, the nutritionists can't touch. You know how they tell you, you can only eat this much of protein. You can only eat this much of carbohydrates. You can only eat, and I'm like, ah, leave us to eat something. This one, <laughs> we like eating the word. <laughs> so we will eat the word and then eat what we want. Don't quote me, please, please. No, eat what, eat what is necessary. <laughs> but from time to time, eat what you want, okay? <laughs> but eat the word. Eat as much of it as you can, my friend. For then you will perceive what is true wisdom. Your future will be bright. And this hope living within you will never disappoint you. Tell me where worry comes from. It comes from not eating the delicacy. Ice cream is available, Utaki. I don't... It's, they are talking about it's a delicacy. In the word, things are available that you can enjoy in the word. So don't start telling me that we are worried because we could eat it. It's here. Sort your life. It's here. Eat as much of it as you can, my friend. So you cannot be worried eating a delicacy. Uh, let me, how many people worry when they are served with ice cream? How many people, they are like, Nobody. You do, sir. You're, maybe you and me. Actually, I, I don't worry, but I don't like ice cream. I don't have a sweet tooth, so I stay away from. But I don't worry. You understand? But, but, but majority, oh, they like, have you? That's why Kenyans, when you call them for your wedding, they are not leaving until the cake is cut. <laughs> Because the wedding is the cake, it's the delicacy, you understand? <laughs> so nobody worries eating a delicacy. So why do we worry eating, eating the word of God? Why should we worry if we are eating the word of God? Let me rephrase the question. If you're eating the word of God, worry should be absent from your life. Okay? So then I can say oh, worry only happens when we ignore the word. If you ignore the word, you will meet the other opposite. The opposite of the word is the worry, okay? I'm about to close. Psalms 25, 14. Again, in the Passion Translation, it says, Psalms 25, 14. There is a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh, where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets 
of his promises. <laughs> Isn't this word sweet? It really is a delicacy. A private place. It's not where you go, you know, you go to a hotel, you are seated. It's self-service. You, sit, you are seated on this table, then you went to serve yourself because you come back, somebody came and took your stool. They actually stood, <laughs> took your stool. Now you're, you're holding your food and you don't... That's not, that's not this one. This one is table booked, probably with like a flower and a candle and some napkins and chinaware. That's the place. There is a private place. This is not for, for your everybody. A private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh. That's the secret. They are devoted to that word. They are devoted to his presence. They are devoted to, and they are faithful to the call of God in their life. They are devoted in their life of the spirit. They are not, today we are in, today we are out. Today we are in, today we are out. That yo-yo, that yo-yo life of a Christian is not a devoted lover of God. What is devotion? I'm ever available at your call, sir. At your call, sir. Okay? And then it says, where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. There, there is your delicacy. So the secret to peace is abiding in that private place. You want peace? And to stop worrying, abide in the secret place. So peace is only possible through trusting God and his promises are yes and amen. Nobody can question his promises. Yeah, if they haven't manifested, one or the other hasn't manifested in your life, it doesn't mean that they are not yes and amen. It just means there is an opportunity of uh, 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 what? Uh, growth that we need. And as we keep uh, coming to that, that private place, we will see the unfolding of that revelation. And then, voila, the, the, the issue is, 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 is passed. So my last scripture is uh, Romans 12, 2. And then we can pray. <clears throat> Romans 12, 2. Again, in the Passion Translation, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So, what is the secret to run away from the influence of this world and the chaos of the, wo the world and the lack of the world? And the difficulties of the world is to allow the Holy Spirit to totally reform how you think. So your mind is playing a big role here on whether you excel or you drop. If you want to excel, then really think correctly. Let your mind draw from your spirit. Because when your mind draws from your spirit, it will, it will think according to the word of God. So refuse to carry burdens of life and cast your care to him for God cares. Let me give this, um, do I call it a testimony? I don't know what it's called, but let me give you this experience. Matthew 20, 
Matthew 6.25 is my signature scripture. I really, really value it. And uh, why I value it is, uh, uh, okay, let me tell you this experience. As you, uh, some of you know, I once got married not too <laughs> many decades ago, and I didn't stay for too long, and I realized uh, something is not working well. And for purposes of the integrity, I would not say who was wrong or who was right because I'm well taught. I've sat with pastor in counseling meetings and we will listen to one party and then we will think, you, if, if you didn't know well, you think, wow, so that other person did that. Then the other person came and said, wow. So you better listen to both parties. So because the other party is not here, I cannot say why. And in any case, they won't help you, you understand? So drop down your antennas. I'm not talking who was wrong and who was right. I'm just giving you an experience. I'm just giving you an experience and telling you it didn't work, unfortunately. But maybe four months before now, everything went haywire. I knew things were going the wrong direction and I had realized I, this thing, no. So I started seeking God. I started seeking God. And as I was seek, see, seeking God, the Holy Spirit brought Matthew 6, 25 to me. And I would wake up every morning at 5 a.m. to pray. And I would go to pray. And I would open the Bible. And before long, I would go back to Matthew 6. So for th three good months, every morning, I would pray with Matthew 6, 25 going down all the way. And I'll pray in tongues, I'll pray in tongues, and by the, at the end of the third month, I knew the answer for my life. And I knew the answer was to go. And I am not giving nobody the license to run away from their marriage with Matthew 6, 25. This was for me. You understand? Let me make that disclaimer, lest you quote Elder Ruth. No, 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 I'm giving you an, expe an experience. So I came to recognize that what the Lord was helping me in this situation to make the decision was to arrest my fears on how will I live. Because I had come from Switzerland, I came back to Kenya, didn't have a job because... I didn't need a job. Uh, in the marriage context, I had everything I would have needed, so I didn't need a job. And that's how I started volunteering with the children's home. That ended up to be my job. But now, at this situation, I, the, 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 the questions that would linger to me, because I could tell this, this is so not right, the question would be, will I pick my bag, go back to Europe? Or will I, well, what will I do at my age? Because I think at that time I was 54. At my age, which door will you knock in Kenya's office and say, I'm looking for a job at my age when there is so much unemployment in Kenya? I mean, and even then I was thinking, I, I am, I'm so not in that. I don't want to do that. But now I'm in this dilemma. 
and I don't know what to do, but that's when the Lord now took me to Matthew uh, 6, 25, talking about why, what, why do you worry what you lead? What, I, when I started praying and through the months, I didn't know actually what was happening. All I knew was uh, pray, uh, read the scripture, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues, praying. I'm praying in tongues, I'm crying. I'm crying because I'm in this dilemma and I don't know what to do. And, and it's not like I was lost for choices because I have a British passport. So it would have been very easy for me to say I'm out of this crazy country, Kenya, back to comfortable. And if I went there, I would have gotten a job. Seriously. I had, in fact, from the time I left there, I still had uh, agents that were asking me, do you need, we could even organize for you to work from where you are. Because I was doing a special part of global, of, of HR uh, uh, function that is called global mobility. And global mobility is very, you can work from wherever. But I knew I didn't want to. So I'm stuck with this. But then the question was, if I make this decision, how will I live? I don't have a job. I don't have a house. I don't have, I don't have. So only by the third month, I came to realize the Lord was asking me to pray with this uh, uh, scripture to arrest my fears so that by the time I'm making the decision, I'm already completely wholly trusting in God. And so when it, uh, uh, the revelation became, I got so much peace. Honestly, I, was, I would now wake up to pray, and I'll be dancing in that place. And it wasn't very conducive, but I'm dancing because I already have an answer. I already knew what I'm going to do, and I already knew God has already given me the victory for how I will live. So I moved out. I, Pastor, sorry, Pastor David said, you moved into a garage. <laughs> it was a tiny house, but... Never mind. I was so much at peace. I moved with one. I think somebody gave me a plastic seat. Da, 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 there, I went there. And I, I think I only bought a bed. And somebody also gave me one capot. I mean, you know, you know what a downgrade that is from where I was coming. Because I'm saying this to show you what it is to trust God, people. Because I could have said, I'll go back either to Switzerland, I would have gone to Switzerland, or I would have gone back to UK, and I'd have gotten a good job. By the time I left the job, I was do, living in Switzerland. The amount of money I was earning was crazy. And I would have come, gone back and said, guys, I made a mistake, hire me again. And I know they would, but I didn't want to. You understand? Because I knew I could do it in the natural, and I could get the job and get the money, but my heart was to have been so broken, I would not have succeeded there. But then the other thing I knew is that I believed with no reasonable doubt, God brought me back here for the work that I was volunteering for, the children's home. That I knew. So I had to make the decision of, should I follow the natural path and go get another job, which I could, or can I just stay here, as complicated as it seems, and serve God? And thank God for spiritual leaders. They were praying for me, 
And when I made the decision, it's me who made the decision. Let nobody ever say they told me. It's me who made the decision. And they said, if that's the decision we have made, Ruth, we will keep praying for you. And lo and behold, so several years down the road, I'm so stable. I am so stable. I am so stable. I cannot explain how I'm stable. This is how much I am stable. I, the life I'm living now to the praise and glory of God is so much peaceful and is so much comfortable we, compared to any other life I lived, either in UK or Switzerland, the best country to live in in the world, or so they call it. And it's not the things that I have, but it is the peace within me. I will not trade this for anything. And it, it, God has, I re, still remember Pastor Carla's words telling me when I was in the heat of the crisis, she told me God has called you for, to peace. And in that peace, there will be recovery and restoration. Everything I lost has been recovered supernaturally by the masses of God. So I'm saying that to say that God can give you one scripture, but you maintain the momentum on that scripture because you know it is where, what is taking you to where you're going. And you will end up so victorious and you'll be looking back and you say, my goodness, and all the other options I was trying. So brethren, don't try options in difficult situations. Ask the Lord, what is the path to the solution? The path to the solution may not come tomorrow, but the path to the solution is guaranteed. That's what we saw there, that the God will rule and prevail over our lives because he is faithful to keep us and to flourish us. So I'm a recipient of that promise that I have been restored, I'm flourishing, I'm peaceful. I, I don't know what to say that, that, than to say the word of God is so true. So hang on to the word of God. No matter what the enemy will throw into your life, hang on to the word of God. Amen. So are you ready to pray tonight? Let's stand up. We pray. I know time has but I thought giving you that testimony will encourage somebody. And I say that because sometimes we go through difficulties because we did not, we were not sensitive to the spirit of the Lord in making decisions. That doesn't eliminate us from the help of God. He still helps us. Even when we make so many mistakes, he is still willing and available and ready to help us. So tonight in the name of Jesus, just a couple of minutes, just pray in tongues and then I'll wrap it up. Just a couple of minutes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, tonight, oh, we are grateful. We are grateful for the richness of your word. Your word is a light unto our, our feet and a lamp uh, is a light unto our path and a light unto our, our feet. So tonight, O oh Lord our God, we take your word for what it is. 
is the strength that helps us is the security that keeps us it is what provides to our lives it is what anchors us oh god so we refuse at all costs to uh, be drawn by the thoughts of the things that we see and the difficulties that we may be facing tonight Every difficult is an opportunity the Bible has reminded us is that invaluable opportunity to grow us to become what you want us to be and to enjoy the life that you've already prepared for us and the scripture told us that in that life there's nothing missing and there's nothing lacking so we anchor ourselves into the plan of God the plan of God is successful the plan of God is easy the plan of god on a cause for tenacity the plan of god on requires us to maintain the momentum of our faith so we engage our faith into that which you have called each one of us into oh lord our father so we thank you for letting our focus and our attention be honored to you and to your word because your word again is what forms and undergirds every thing that we see the bible calls you the master builder and the your, your your elements of building us is your word so tonight we elevate your word in our lives we elevate your word in our families we elevate your word in our situations oh god we allow your word to form our thinking and our understanding every decision that we make oh lord our father may it be subject to the word or that you give us the leadership of your holy spirit the one that leads us into the truth is the anchor of our lives so we are asking tonight oh god that you will allow each one of us just to submit to the word of god to submit to the holy spirit of god to submit oh lord to the life of the spirit in totality that we may reach the destinies for our lives individually corporately as a church as our, as families as individuals oh lord wherever you have placed us in building the kingdom of god this be, kingdom can only be built through the word because it is the truth that upholds all things so father tonight we anchor ourselves by your word and we continue lord to believe we put our trust in you the bible says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in any area that we have leaned on our understanding and we can see the delays and and and, and the interference of the path that you had designed for us oh lord we repent of that we put our total trust in you we put our total trust in your spirit and we put our total trust in the incorruptible word of god because in due time it was still bear the fruit because your word does not return to you void tonight we thank you and we bless you our father even as we give our offerings tonight we submit 
to the one that owns everything. We bring our offerings willingly and joyfully. The Bible has told us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So whatever we engage in, in building the plan uh, and, and, and following the plan of God, we do so with the spirit of joy. We are joyful every minute that we have opportunity to give to your house because we know that it's an opportunity to grow into prosperity. So we thank you, our Father, tonight and we honor you. Receive our offerings with gratitude. Father, tonight we pray for our pastor and the team that is in Massabit as they uh, 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 continue in the mission tomorrow and returning back on Friday. To you be the glory for the grace, the mercy, the protection, the provision, the security, the underguarding of their going and their coming, Lord, has only been by your grace. So we receive them back safely and restful, and we thank you for what you, have, you are doing. And we know you will unfold this vision uh, uh, progressively, because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. We have faith in the leadership of this ministry and therefore we support them in every way, O oh Lord our God, that you allow us. We thank you and we bless you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray.